space-time, the ever-expanding frontier. These are the records of the most needlessly complicated rewatch of the Star Trek franchise ever. Its mission, to locate every second, contemplate every eon, from outside time to the Big Bang, to the 20th century, all the way to the end of all existence. To do what no sane entity has ever done before. This is the Temporal Trek Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Temple Trek podcast. Uh, we're back into season three. Not that we ever actually went away because obviously everything goes in the right order and you weren't listening to us doing season two again. Um, we've uh, carried on as always, but we are now into a new year of 2153 here on Enterprise as we are in season three, episode 46 of the podcast and season two, episode 20 of Enterprise, which is the episode Horizon, which is Travis's episode. Travis has something to do for a whole 45 minutes will he live up to it um and as of course you just heard uh with me always is dan he is indeed hello and do you know what we are together what are we together shall we say it we Go are Dan. oh i've missed that jingle it's been sat in the folder for ages and i've been like oh i can't use that one it doesn't work in the the way that the, <laughs> the series is set up in season two Oh, how have you been? I've been very well, thank you. Not too bad at all. Um, just, despite good, my um, my lack of, of knowledge and um, ability to actually turn up at the right time for a podcast. <laughs> that is not an entry requirement. It's not. It wasn't on the, the application for this job, so that's absolutely fine. You don't have to be on time. In the same way that uh, I didn't need to press record, but I've remembered this time, so that's okay. Uh, we all make those kinds of things, so that's fine. Um yeah, so we're here in yeah. Enterprise. There's no timey wiminess. We're going to start at zero minutes, zero seconds. But just general thoughts on the episode before we get started. Well, if you'd asked me this about three hours ago, I would have said it's a terrible, terrible episode. <laughs> I just watched it this morning. And actually, I quite enjoyed it. I thought yeah. it was pretty good. Yeah. think When I think back to season two, before we had the break for Picard for season two, um, when we look at season two of Enterprise and the clunkers that we've had, the the failed to deliver on a promise. All right, this episode gets a little bit schmaltzy, a little bit Hallmark card maybe here and there, but actually it deals with the problem. You know, Travis gets something to do. He actually goes off to his family. We find that there's a little bit of a problem and they sort of deal with it, but they don't resolve the issue. It's actually left open. And there's actually, you know, freedom to do a lot more with this story. Whether they're going to do that in the future is another thing. But, yeah, I actually, yeah, I don't mind it. I think it's really nice. I think it's pretty sweet. Um, there's a lot of promise here. Yeah, I agree. So what we do is, uh, with our rating criteria, we do LCAR's system. So it's locate the point in time. Uh, the timestamp is actually coming up later in the episode, and I'll call that out when it happens. But at the beginning of the episode, we're in the sweet spot. And Travis is just reading, and there's a little floaty bit of water, and he's just having a little sip or two. And there's a call for Travis, so he floats back down, comes down to the little comms area, and um, uh, he basically just gets told we're changing course. And that's it. We're going to the credits. Yep. A very calm, serene opening to an episode. Does it work for you? Yeah, I guess it does. It's, it, it's probably one of the few, few moments in Enterprise when they actually refer back to something that happened. <laughs> <laughs> you know, everything sort of, you know, sort of seems to be going forward all the time. But this is like a little, was it the first episode? I can't remember now. I think it was, yeah. yes, the actual like pilot episode yeah. since we saw this thing. Yeah. So that's that, I quite like that for that, but it was very inconsequential, wasn't it? Hmm. For me, it's, I think one problem I have with the episode is that there was so much they could have done, mm. but they spent a lot of time setting up the reason why Enterprise is turning back on itself yep. and going back on its course. And I kind of feel like there is a scene coming up where they're back in the sweet spot where it could have almost started. Right. We could have had a Captain Starlog introduce the problem and we could have saved like six minutes, a good six minute chunk where we could have spent more time with the horizon. And I felt like this was so calm. It was quite nice to see, 
because obviously we've seen Travis refer to loads of stuff he gets up to and all this really important flagons and space uh, wall climbing that he does and base jumping. And we never get to see what he actually did. Turns out he's actually just in the sweet spot reading his book. Um, maybe he's reading about flagons yes. and base jumping and he's just relaying that to other people. Um, so maybe it's just letting us know that actually he didn't really do all those things he said he did. Um, we come back from the credits and I have to say, I don't know, I'm kind of missing the credits already because having gone through Picard and listened to Picard's credits over and over again, whilst I'm hastily making notes, it was kind of like the return of an old friend and I feel a bit dirty. Well, Almost yes. not quite liking it, but it's like, oh yeah, that's the theme tune. Uh, well, see, I watched this on Paramount+. Plus. Uh-huh. And Paramount Plus has many great things about it, like Star Trek, for instance, <laughs> but it doesn't have a skip intro, which no, I found very painful. <laughs> I can't say I thought, oh, great, we're back to this. <laughs> it was more like, oh, God, can I skip this? I'm glad you broke that up because the first time I watched it was Paramount. And did you, does your Paramount break when the uh, the ad breaks come yeah. up? And it comes back up and it still has the, the age rating and what's contained in the episode in the top, top corner. Yeah. Well, I thought, well, that's very weird. I don't remember Netflix doing that. So I watched it first time. Second time for notes, I went back to Netflix. Also, because uh, this is a problem we have on Epsilon 3, the other podcast I'm on, where if I watch it on Prime, it's slightly different in some edits to what oh. uh, Sean and Paul see on their DVDs and collections because the edits are slightly different and it's shorter in some areas. And I miss scenes that they've seen as well. It doesn't happen all the time, but sometimes it does. Um, it, there was no difference between the two, but it made so much of a difference being able to skip the intro <laughs> and the credits and also not having that act break sort yeah. of chop in because I was so much more aware of the TV being an episode as yeah. opposed to just getting into the story. It's really funny because so, I thought exactly the same because... I don't think mm. I've watched Enterprise on Paramount before. Yeah. And it was really odd. Yeah. Yeah. It is the first time because obviously Paramount was released in between our season two break that we just had. Um, and it's a very different viewing experience. And I don't know whether I might stick with Netflix mm. or do both just in case, in case there is a difference in the edit. Interesting. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. There we go. Cool. That's a bit of a, a thing to do to yourself to watch it. <laughs> some of those episodes, some of the episodes coming up, you're a brave man. I'll give a... <laughs> I'm already watching it twice anyway. You know, there we go. If, if I'm going to do it, I might as well do it for a good reason. Um, yeah, we find out that uh, a planet, some planet has shifted its gravity. It's now going to go through some volcanic um, uh, fireworks. Uh, it's 30 years back on their course, so that gives them a reason to go past Horizon and drop off Travis. Um, you know, it, it seems a bit of a long-winded way to explain why that happens. And I, I, up to this point, I've been timing it. So we've just done two minutes of Travis uh, sat upside down. We're doing another two minutes just explaining why they're turning around. That's four minutes of the episode already <laughs> just for setting up why they've gone back on themselves. Um yeah uh now we're sitting down with archer and he actually tells him you know uh, i once career uh, uh, thought about a career in cargo fleet and i was going to sign up and this is just before starfleet was chartered which is a really interesting thought because only a few years ago space force was created by a certain unpopular president but that was made in our lifetimes that was something that hasn't been and now will be in some form or another for a while um I like the idea that Starfleet is still relatively new. It's not something that's always been there in their lifetime. Um, and Travis just wonders, you know, why he didn't sign up. And all Archer says is it, it's a long story. Yes. Would you like Would you like to hear that long story? Is that something you wish we'd got? Well, now you've talked about how often, how long it's taken to get to the, the horizon. <laughs> then no, probably not. But I really did notice that. And I, I just mm. wondered whether actually, like, they were writing the, 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 the script and they were like, you know, we've got a problem here, guys. We, we've got a lot of stuff for Travis. What are we <laughs> going to do? So perhaps, you know, perhaps the first edit was they actually told the whole, the whole episode was just him telling the story. <laughs> and they never actually got to the horizon at all. <laughs> <laughs> Travis goes off, goes to the yeah. horizon. We don't see the yeah. horizon. He comes back and says, yeah, everything was absolutely fine. Yeah. It was all right. It's lovely to see your family sometimes, isn't it? And it turns out it's a whole Archer story. Yeah. Yes. That I would, 
Yeah, I would 100% put money on that. I'm with you on there. <laughs> but yeah, I, I wonder if that's a book somewhere. I haven't actually looked it up, whether that is some a novel somewhere and we find out why Archer didn't want to haul freight. Yeah. Who knows? Mm. Uh, we then go to engineering and Tripp and Paul are having a bit of a tete-a-tete about uh, harmonica practice and Tripp wants to make movie night every night. And uh, Topol doesn't react well to this. No. Um, and I'm wondering why. Um, she really does put him down, doesn't she? She's like, maybe you can practice on your harmonica. Yeah. Like, you, you've kept me awake several nights with that harmonica. Even through the deck plating, I can hear this thing. Um, just any thoughts on Trip and Topol at this point? Just, you know, the banter, is it working for you? Yeah, definitely. And I think you're right. Trip um, Topol just absolutely slams him again. <laughs> Perhaps we should be a feature, you know, a, a Topol slamming. Because she really does. She does it quite regularly, doesn't she? <laughs> the Topol takedowns. Okay, I can do that. Yep, that's okay. But she's getting very good at she it. Is. It's just straight away. And in this episode, I think she carries it out quite a few she times. She does. There's a really great scene they come on to when they're in, watching the film, actually, and mm. she turns around and talks to Flocks. And I absolutely <laughs> loved that. That was just like... That was so... That was so repressed British person in the cinema. That's what, you know, in fact, I might even, I might watch it again and memorise the line and use it if anyone ever, ever is talking when I'm watching a film in the cinema, just turn around and give them that line. It's, it, I mean, if it was British, it would just be her going. Well, that's true. That, yeah. yeah. Tut. Maybe that's what the T in Topol stands for. It's actually the tut. <laughs> that's what it is. Um, uh, we then get Travis and Reed, and now we get uh, talk about you know uh, this the last family reunion was ten years ago for Malcolm Reed. Given what we know of his family, that's not much uh, to yeah. understand. Um, uh, did his family actually want him there? I don't know. Uh, families on starships. Now this is the first instance where I think this episode is basically just being written to throw some shade on TNG. Yeah. Like there's a couple of instances where it actually does come up, but it's like you know. Families on starships, where well, they put a, put a psychologist yeah. on board. I'd be sick if my mum was running around. And um, you know, are they trying to have a go at TNG here? Do you did you get that feeling? Uh, well, definitely, it was definitely a little better comment, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. And I quite I feel like I quite liked it for it. It was, you know, mm. and I, yeah. I, I thought it was, yeah, it's quite good. I, I'm not a massive fan of that, I must admit, but yeah, it works. <laughs> I feel like Rick Berman maybe just <laughs> snuck in. He was like, I spent so many years under Gene trying to argue the point why families shouldn't be on there. I'm going to put in a little thing where Malcolm t- says it like it is. Um, but I no, I completely agree with Travis's reasoning. Like, if you're not going to be homesick, you're floating around in big barracks in space, of course your families are going to be with you. Um, uh, but Travis gets a call. And now we've sort of caught up to where I thought the episode yes. kind of should have started. Um, it probably would have been a downbeat starter, but it would have been something quite nice to get with. And we get our timestamp. It's Temple <laughs> Trek. <laughs> we, we find out what time it is. They actually say not only the year, which is 2153, but we get a date as well. It is January 10th, 2153. So technically the episode starts in January 9th because it's been a day since that happened. And now we get the time and date and then we get star log entries. Oh, oh, it's so much easier when people do it for us. I don't have to do any research. I don't have to look out for it. Um, Unfortunately, that has led to six minutes into the episode. uh, Travis now grieving for the loss of his father. And it's been six weeks actually since his father died. And we find out the civilian channels, subspace channels are not as fast as they should be. Um, It's been... Uh, two months ago that he sort of uh, was starting to pass and and we find out um that he is now grieving past where his family will be like his family's already had six weeks to sort of get you know acclimatized to the change he is straight back into grief and now he's going back to horizon um i think it's personally one of my favorite scenes i actually really quite like it it's a bit schmaltzy yep. and like i say a bit hallmark the way it's delivered it's almost like a you know this is the moral channel this is what we're going to say but i really like the whole point leading up to um you'd be a fool not to take him the letter from mm. um travis's father why he should be the rudder man the stick and rudder man for the enterprise any thoughts on being back in the sweet spot on this scene yeah i think I think you're right. It is a bit schmaltzy for me. 
But actually, I think again, it, what it does do is it 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 just it's beginning to show that connection that people are developing by this point. You know, they've been in space for a couple of years together. You know, and 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 you would you 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 know you're a, a it's a bit like actually it's almost like on the horizon where mm. it's very much a family. Mm. You know, there's you know like everyone he meets, he knows, and you know I think he says at some point, you know, you can't bump not bump into a a, a um, babysitter or something, you know, <laughs> and it, so it's like that. So it works really well. I mean, it's it, it feels like more than just the captain sort of doing his duty to, you know, to be sort of caring. Mm. But um, yeah, so I think it works well, but it is a little bit, you know. And, and what did get me thinking was like they must have blown some budget on the um, <laughs> on the special effects and then floated up into into the corner. <laughs> Yeah, I suppose. I mean, they could have just, you know, with the ships, it was like a rinse and repeat. You know, it's similar to a Maserite ship. They just yeah. reuse the CGI. So that's all saving money. So, you know, just put um, put old uh, Scott Bakula on some wires, flip him upside down. You're all good. Um, yeah, they probably did. Yeah, I the way it's delivered and there's like the schmaltzy kind of piano-y kind of music mm. in the tinkle, tinkle back in the background. Yeah, it's it, it's a bit on the nose and it's a bit too sentimental. Um, but I don't know, something about Scott, uh, Scott Bakula's way of delivering it, you know, Papa Archer, yes. we've been looking for consistency in his character. It made a lot of sense to me, the way he approached it, the way he talked about it. And he solved the problem by just letting him know, actually there was this letter from your dad and he was proud of you. Um, uh, I think that does help yeah. in what is to come for Horizon. Um Topol and Phlox in sickbay, and Topol is desperately looking for a reason to get out of movie night. She even wants to research if her headache is something serious. <laughs> Not going to say, I mean, just a few weeks ago, she was uh, sick with an incurable virus. I mean, if she wants to play that card... It might not be something that's flaring up at that particular time, but she could easily just play that card if she wanted to. Yep. Uh, but, you know, Vulcans, you know, they obviously don't tell lies. So yeah, that's probably what it is. True. Uh, <laughs> um, Trip wants to see the warp engine yes. uh, and he gets a pad of photos for his mum. I quite like that. That that seems like a very Southern boy kind of thing mm. to do. You know, your mum your mom wants to see what a little baby boy has been up to. Um, any thoughts just on uh, Trip eager to see the inside of a warp engine? Um, well, yeah, sort of not so much, but the bit with the downloaded images I found quite interesting because if you notice from the pad, I don't think there's actually any, any images of Travis. No. <laughs> <laughs> Which I half expected like, up, doesn't it really? Yeah, I half expected like trip like to be in all the photos yeah. instead of Travis. Yeah. And Travis like Travis's arm is off to one <laughs> side, or Travis is like leaning in. He's just sort of photobombing him. Uh, yeah, yeah. Here's me like fighting with this lizard guy that I made best friends with in uh, on a, a hot planet. Yeah. Um, uh, but then it leads straight into the horizon scene. So we see the Enterprise fly away from the horizon. A nice little ship. I like the yep. ship design of the, the freighter. I thought it made sense. It looked like a beaten up, like it's been through the wars. You know, it's been through um, hauling freight backwards and forwards. Um, and we're straight onto the ship and we get Travis and Travis's mum. Crucially, we never get her name in the entire episode. Oh. And in fact, we never get that for any of the characters other than Paul. Paul is the only one. Oh, and uh, there's one other character who we throw some shade on later, but I'll come back to him in a moment. Uh, but Paul is the only one who gets name checked. Okay. Everyone else is referred to as mum, dad, and we don't even find out who his best friends are. Like his best yeah. friends, we don't actually get a name for them, uh, which is very believable. Yes. And we've said this when when we were looking back at Picard, yeah. there was a lot of someone telling someone yeah. what they should already know. And that doesn't happen in this episode. And it made it much more credible for me. Yeah. Um, there were a couple of times where they did say it and it's like, oh, you spent months working on that map and, you know, why would I get rid of it? Okay, fair enough. He already knows how long he spent on that. That makes sense. But getting not getting the names, I think, made a lot more sense. Yeah, interesting. Uh, just any thoughts on that? Yeah, interesting. I hadn't even noticed that, but you're right. Yeah. You're absolutely right because that's one of the, the, the worst things, isn't it, about TV and films and stuff where they do that. Oh, you know, mm -hmm. they have that person that doesn't know what the warp reactor is. Yeah. <laughs> Having gone through five years of Starfleet Academy training, they you know warp core. What's that? 
<laughs> so yeah it's that thing that makes us move faster oh yeah um we do get references to uh catwalk we yes. get references to the minefield yeah. um uh, travis's sister is a snitch as far as i'm concerned uh, <laughs> She gave away all this. Oh, you know, know what he's getting up to? Oh, he's he almost got destroyed by a minefield. Oh, they almost took over the ship. Um, so yeah, she, snitches get stitches. So I don't like Travis's sister. Don't know if we're going to get a meter later, but you never know. Um, uh, we get a shaky warp start, yes. and it's a very uh, believable kind of ship for that. In that it's old, it doesn't quite work as smoothly as the Enterprise, and we get our first bit of shade on this character called Charlie, who, as far as I know, we don't actually meet. <laughs> Uh, but it's Charlie flying it, and uh, Travis is like, "Oh, it's his warp jumps again. Oh, he's terrible. Um, poor old Charlie. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's not right. his fault. No. He's got a dilapidated engine. No. Oh, I mean, um, and the other thing that that throws up is like, what is it that you can do differently as a different pilot? Yeah. Like, do you just <laughs> press the button? You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think he just leaves the handbrake on. Yeah, maybe. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's the only thing I, I could think of. He's, he's grinding the warp gears again. Yeah. Oh, I'm crying out loud. Well, it's like, yeah, what's a warp what, 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 is it a film where they do that? Where, where is it Sulu forgets to take off yes. the brake and he gets them there a bit later and it keeps them safe? Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the parking stabiliser. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, maybe it is. Maybe it is. He just sort of grinds it just a bit too much. Um, this is actually a call over to uh, Doctor Who. And uh, apparently whenever the TARDIS makes that uh, that grinding noise, that apparently there is an episode where they do say, well, you only drive it with the handbrake on. That's why it makes the noise. And actually it doesn't make the noise in one episode where somebody else, another Time Lord drives it and it just like appears. So it doesn't make the noise. So maybe that's it. Maybe it just likes to drive dangerously. There you go. Um, speaking of driving... We go on to the scene where Travis and Paul first meet and Paul is driving a forklift truck. Yes. Uh, and uh, there's already some tension where he says, you better get out of that uniform. You're a bit too conspicuous. Um, at this point, you already see that Paul's got a problem with Travis or do you think it's just brothers? Um, no, I think there is a little bit of tension, obviously, there. Mm. He, His mum seems really glad to see him and, you know, that's that's all simply... But he's mm. definitely, Paul seems to have a bit of a, as you say, it's not really sort of spoken yet, but there's a bit of tension there, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. He wants him to just get straight out of that yeah. uniform, almost like it's a reminder yeah, or something. Absolutely. Um, and I feel that's where I wanted a little bit more time on the horizon. I feel like that six minutes that we could have had at the beginning could have been a bit more of Paul you know, laying out the groundwork of what will be the episode, you know, you left us behind, you know, uh, it's about time you turned up, but done in that kind of uh, digging in, like it's just a little comment here or there, like it's brothers, they're saying something, but it, you know, it means more. And I felt like that was missing from the episode. It didn't go beyond the surface level of their, their disagreement. Uh, we didn't really get any more than that. Uh, and knowing families, you know, families are always like that. If you've got a brother, you've got a sister, they're always saying that one little thing that's just going to get you. Um, but there you go. Uh, back on Enterprise, um, they arrive at this volcano planet and Trip and T'Pol are still discussing Frankenstein. Now, I am going to bring back one thing, traitred for this episode. It's time you learn to weigh the possible repercussions of your actions. You've always been impossible. We took a ride in a rowboat show you to the nearest airlock. Maybe this will teach you Because Tripp describes uh, Mary Shelley as the wife of a famous poet. Yes. He described her based on uh, who she's married to when she is clearly the godmother of sci-fi. Excuse me, Tripp, but you need to give her her full respect. Mary Shelley is... Uh, um, you know, a, a woman in her own right, a, a novelist in her own right, and should not be compared to another man. Do, 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 do. I'm, I'm slapping I'll you on that. Yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah, definitely. That was that was too much for me. I'm sorry, um, but there you go. So that is a traitor coming back there. It's very rare that it's going to come back. I'm sure, but we'll, we'll see. Um, he's really pouty that trip. <laughs> To Paul doesn't want to go on this mm. thing, and I'm not going to make that a second traitor. Um, but he does seem like he's. I don't know, a little kid that shows you his favourite toy, 
And because you're like, oh, yeah, that's okay, that's fine. But you weren't ecstatic about it. He's just really pouty and just slopes off. It's like, oh, I'm glad someone's turning up. Um, but okay, fair enough. Like, don't pressure her. She just doesn't want to go to the movie. All right. I'm, I'm Any thoughts? You. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I yeah. think, um, you know, it, I suppose Trip's like that, though, isn't he? You know, he loves it, so everyone's got to love it. And he's sort of <laughs> a bit like that. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's almost like, you know, leave the poor woman alone. She doesn't want to go. <laughs> You know, I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, if she doesn't want to do it, don't make her do it. No. She does, just leave her to it. Um, and also, when she um, says that maybe a dramatic reading of the actual text yes. would be more enlightening, this is our second bit of shade on TNG. People standing around and reading poetry, you expect people to just turn up for that? Um, <laughs> I, I did not like that. I, that's a shade on trip I do not like at all. Um, but yeah, uh, do you feel like a reading of poetry would be better than the movie? Um, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, maybe. It depends who reads it, doesn't it? True. If it was Sir Patrick Stewart, he'd somehow, <laughs> you know, Picard would somehow come back and gave this. I'd quite like that. But if it was Trip, I'd be or- like, No. <laughs> Or what if it was Patrick Stewart, yeah. but it's a recording yes. of Patrick Stewart yeah, doing yeah. Frank? Yeah, exactly. And it's Patrick Stewart as Patrick Stewart, not as Picard, but in yeah. the Star Trek universe. That'd be that'd be interesting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but Archer turns her around and says, "You'll be my date." Uh, yeah. To which she says, "I beg your pardon." Yes. Do you, Do you feel like they were still trying to go back to this whole Archer to Paul r- romance thing? Uh, I don't know about that, but it was a bit like uncalled for. I mean, it's not the mm. worst thing he's ever said, to be fair. True. <laughs> but, you know, you'll be my date for the night. It's all a bit... It's, again, you know, they're, they're very sort of presumptuous about, you know, she's got to come. Yeah. And then that whole sort of date thing. I mean, it's it's not awful <laughs> or anything. It's not, it's not sort of Reed. If Reed done it, it would be worse. Yes. Oh, yeah. You know, Good point. It would be a bit... All right. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon they must have a WhatsApp you... group, mustn't they, for the female people on the on the ship, and they're all like, "Oh God, what did Reed do today?" <laughs> but they've all got their own secret nicknames for yeah, them, yeah. so they don't quite. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh God, yeah. I can't imagine what. Uh, I mean, Archer's nickname, Papa Papa Archer, so Daddy. Yep. They could be calling yeah, him Daddy. Daddy. Uh, Big Daddy, Big Daddy. Oh, he came over. He offered to be uh, my date for the for the movie night. It's like, oh, he, he offered you. He offered me as well. Yeah. Oh, what's going on there? Um, uh, I mean, I, I suppose Flocks would be like the one that they like the most because he seems to be at least the most genuine and, yes. and nice to be born. Yeah. But then uh, there's that whole of thing the... of like multiple wives and stuff, and that might freak people out. True. Yeah. True. Yeah, I mean, Cutler could be out there, you know, just saying, look, he's he's always been a perfect gentleman to me, but it's entirely up to you. See where you go. Um, yeah, that's true. Reed, I'm just, yeah. <laughs> I mean, go, uh, sticking with our, our love of our fellow podcasters, the, the measure of a fan, yeah. I suppose they could just call him Goblin. Goblin uh, yeah. yeah, oh, Goblin came out today. Ooh. He asked me to the movie. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. This is a wrench yeah. emoji. <laughs> I don't know how that's yet. Um, there we go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but that's where we end it. And she does sort of agree that she's going to go to and give it a chance. Back on the horizon, we're on the bridge and Travis is doing upgrades without asking Paul's permission. Mm. And he not only takes umbrage at this, but gets very aggressive that he does not want these upgrades. Fair enough. He's doing something he wasn't asked to do. Um, but, you know, it would improve their ship. It's not like he's not going to be there for a couple of days to maybe explain the upgrades mm. to his mum, the engineer or other engineers on board. Um, I, do you feel like Paul's comeback that who's going to fix it when it goes wrong is a valid concern? Yes, I do. To be fair, yeah. I do. I think um, I can see where Travis is coming from, and I'm sure mm. he didn't even think about it. You know, but it, you know they they do they they need to know how to you know how to fix this and stuff, and have they got the equipment and all mm. that sort of stuff? You know, so I think it's very presumptuous. Mm. And I can understand why Paul is is slightly pissed off with this. To be honest, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, if it's if this were just a standard uh, drama on TV, and you're going home for the first time, you've seen that the porch door is is broken, yeah. 
and he's gone and bought like this specific hinge that can only be brought from wherever he was and you can't replace it with like standard stuff from back home you have to import it in you know it's a great cost to us you didn't think of what we could go through all this kind of stuff so you can see where that's coming from um but there's definitely just in the performance i think from paul from the actor playing paul that there's more to it than just these upgrades there is so much more going on you know it's not just what he's doing it's what he has done in the past yes. definitely definitely yeah uh build us a warp five engine he leaves it at and just sort of just side glances yeah. and just sits in his chair and just lets him walk away <laughs> um ooh, yeah terrible um then uh red shell girl turns up because yes. we don't get her name Travis's best friend, who we've heard of so many, many times in all of his... Oh, no, we haven't. No, we don't actually know. <laughs> who on earth is this character? She just comes in. Yeah. She badmouths Paul in front of him. He's not ready to become captain. Um, is a little bit clunky where she calls him, like, uh, was it Galileo Magellan, uh, Travis Mayweather, because he's been around so much. And it's like, okay, all right. Um, who are you still? Like, we've never had a reference back to this friend. Um any thoughts on her? Because we see her once yes. and then we never see her again. Um, <laughs> I suppose that that fits in with being Travis's friend, really. You know. <laughs> <laughs> she's even. She appears even less than Travis. <laughs> That's brilliant. She, she, she's the one who's off like doing rock climbing on the horizon and she's doing all this stuff, but we're never going to find out what she does. Oh, that's brilliant. She's the Travis of Travis. Yes. Oh, how many layers down are yes, there? I mean, how indeed. many, how many ways down do you have to go? Uh, there's the guy on like sea deck of the horizon who no one ever talks to, or maybe it's this guy, Charlie. Yet again, yeah. gets a bit more shame yeah. about his jumps to warp speed, but actually turns out the ship is under attack. Um, uh, they're under attack by these raiders. Uh, they break away, but they leave behind a beacon so they can find them. And it's a di-cobalt signature, so it could detonate. Um, another freighter has had the same problem, and it turns out these guys are bullies. They're, they're going to come and for all of their stuff, and a bigger ship is due to come in a couple of days' time. Um, Paul doesn't want to fight. He's just going to leave it for them. He's going to run. Uh, he's going to leave the cargo, and they can take what they want. Travis wants to fight back. He's dealt with the Maserites. We get another callback to Fallen Hero. So other episodes are coming in. Uh, plasma turrets, so silent enemy, how he, he increased the yield and stuff like that. We can fight back. Don't give in. Um, Paul still has a problem with it. You know, it's still the wisdom of Starfleet coming in. Uh, this isn't your crew. You're not part of the family. And the mum said, actually... Your dad did the exact same thing. He would always run as well. Any thoughts on should they fight back? Again, I think actually Paul's got a point here. Yeah. Because, you know, they, they are, they're, you know, I can't remember what he says. They've got two laser cannons or something. You know, that's all they've got. And, you know, they they can't afford to fight. No. You know, so again, I, I have sympathy with this point. I think, again, you know, maybe to a degree, his attitude is being, what's the word, being coloured by his obvious sort of anger with with Travis. Mm-hmm. But equally, I, I think he's right. What can they do? Yeah, they're outmatched. Yeah. If if another freighter has done the exact same thing, yeah. they've lost crew members. They've actually killed them in, yeah. in the discussion of this. You know, they didn't just lose them to you know accidental injuries and stuff like that. They actually boarded and killed the crew. Um, and they are not a warship. They're not going to be of any kind of target. Um, yeah. Uh, we then get to movie night and we get to pull on her pad. Yes. She's looking through her mobile phone whilst in the cinema. That's, uh, it's a big no-no. Um, Flocks then starts talking about Pasari 2. Yeah. And actually, this Dr. Frankenstein is using a similar technique. And he goes on and on and on and on. Only to have to pull, turn back uh, and say, you know, um, uh, uh can the, uh, this movie can be stopped yes, yeah if it's interrupted if it's embarrassing conversations like, yeah brilliant <laughs> i love this scene just she just absolutely slaughters him didn't she yeah she really does and it's it's such an easy put down yeah. but it could and also it could be read in two ways she's been so adamant about avoiding this movie we could stop this movie and talk about it is that okay we could do that that's absolutely fine by me let's let's do that yeah let's stop the movie and you tell us about pasari too or 
is she finally being drawn in and is she enjoying the movie and now she's the one telling him to stop well indeed yeah i think i think it's a bit of um i think i don't know if she's enjoying the movie but what i think it is is that she's she's a stickler isn't she for the rules yeah and that's yeah. what it is you, you you're quiet in the cinema so mm-hmm. she sort of even though she's not actually enjoying the film she's looking at her pad and stuff but yep. the fact that Flox is doing what he shouldn't, that's what's annoying her. <laughs> it's just that. It's not that she's really enjoying the film or anything. It's just like, you know, you don't talk in the, the pro- movies. The proper protocol isn't being yeah. fo- followed. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Even though she was just literally seconds had it, had, had her pad out. Yeah, there we go. Speaking of shade as well, throughout this episode, we've been getting shade on Charlie, poor Charlie and TNG. Um Go back, if you ever watch this episode, to whoever's listening, or if Dan, if you want to go back and listen, uh, just to that scene and watch the two extras behind Phlox when he's talking about Pasari. Because they are doing this, like, look at each other. It's like, oh, Jesus, he's talking oh, really? again. But there's this look on these two, and I didn't catch it until the second time I watched it. <coughs> but they are to- totally got their own WhatsApp group for Phlox. <laughs> so we've got the WhatsApp group for the ladies, and now we've got this WhatsApp group for these two people who are constantly annoyed at Phlox, <laughs> constantly talking through the cinemas uh, and all the movie nights as well. Do give it a look. It's fantastic. <laughs> and I love extras. I love extras who go extra. I absolutely love it. It's fantastic. Uh, back on uh, the horizon, um, uh, Travis is upgrading again, mm. having been told not to. And we're in the, the cargo bay area. Paul is sick of Travis's constant wisdom and throwing it out. You know, is this more Starfleet wisdom? He's basically doing what he does on Enterprise, but now on Horizon. He's talking about Enterprise to the Horizon people, and he talks about the Horizon to the Enterprise people. I don't think he has an identity of his own. Like, he only talks about what everyone else does, and I don't know why. <laughs> but he finally uses his own dad's words against Paul as well, the accepted wisdom. Um, and Paul says, it's, you know, it's not hostile aliens I have to worry about. It's about Starfleet. It's about you going off and exploring. Everyone wants to be like you. Nobody wants to do this life anymore. Uh, he's resentful of that way. Kind of feel like we should have had a bit of fisticuffs at this point. I think it would have been yeah. more believable. Just maybe throw a punch yeah, or two. I did. Do you know, when I was watching it, I thought, do they have a fight? Mm. So, yeah, I think you're right. I think perhaps we should have done, yeah. Just a little bit maybe. of even, just a scuffle, you know. But double, maybe double kick, maybe, maybe it did happen, we just didn't see it. That's true. <laughs> this is The whole episode is just t- Travis telling the story to the Enterprise people and he leaves out the most interesting bit. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but yes, yeah, I did genuinely think that there was a, a fisticuff and maybe I'd missed it. And that's the reason why I also went over to the Netflix because oh, I thought, yeah. what if... What if Paramount don't show it, but Netflix do? But no, they weren't. And I think I might have been confusing it with Fortunate Son oh, from yeah, last yeah, season. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there was a, a like a punch up in there and all that sort of stuff. So that could be the the two things. Um, Travis and mum, uh, the mum says, you maybe you should have consulted me first before doing these upgrades. So again, he gets a bit of a rap on the knuckles for it, doing it again. But Travis, ever the arse licker, um, he sucks up to his mum properly here and says like oh, i didn't want to drag you into it that's the only reason i didn't do it is he is he the golden boy is he the one who gets away with everything i mean just because no matter what he does he can always do the right and is that something we should have seen paul maybe bring up that you are the golden boy you're the one who gets to go off and fly walk five engines yeah maybe you're right yeah maybe it is that i mean he did say at the beginning that he was being sort of um groomed for the captain's role wasn't he so yeah, maybe that's mm-hmm. what it, Yeah, maybe it's a part of that as well. He yeah, was always he can do favorite. no wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, it would have added a, just another level of believability to the two brothers, I think, for me at least. Uh, we get talk about shortcake and not being quite the same. Uh, if we did these upgrades, you know, this would be the fastest J class in the fleet. Um, but she also says that your dad didn't adjust too well at the beginning. It took him a while to get into it. And, you know, that feels the same. Do you feel the same still about your new job? You know, you're just getting into things. You're still yeah. learning. Yeah, funny. Do you know what? I just, perhaps I'm running, I'm sort of risking it, but I actually just beginning to feel comfortable. Nice. Just happened. I noticed it last week. I just started to feel like we were getting somewhere with the stuff. I just felt like I was sort of belonged a little bit, you know. Mm. So, yeah, I know. Yeah. It, yeah. It does take a bit of time, doesn't it? Yeah, you get that shorthand. You can just talk about something very yeah. quickly and like, and everyone knows what you're talking yeah. about. Uh, and like, there's, there's another new star too who now doesn't know the yeah. lingo and they're learning it as well. Um, 
Yeah, and again, it, it added more believability and the fact that this red shirt girl who was you know, gunning for Paul, maybe she wants to be captain as well. Uh, she's not giving him the benefit of the doubt. No. There we go. Uh, I do like the end of the, the scene because it, she does say, don't let the, your guilt at leaving cloud your uh, decisions. Yes. Because he does talk about staying and yeah. he actually gives up the Enterprise and maybe what if he stays behind? Um, I thought it was a really nice sentiment. I think that's something yeah. that a lot of people struggle with. And to be fair, with the rest of the Enterprise series, there's no way of knowing if he did or not. Yeah, it's true. Maybe, maybe he, he did. did. <laughs> we don't know. It's, it's actually a cardboard cutout of Travis just sat by the controls. It's oh, it's the inflatable pilot from yes, uh, from indeed. Airplane. Yeah, just it just looks like Travis. He's just sitting there, and just uh, every now and then they hit the the play button. It's I sir, yes yeah. sir, confirmed sir. Um, and then they've just got him recorded all of the different distances that the ship can be away from something. <laughs> oh, that's it. That is, he is the inflatable pilot. Um, <laughs> after the movie, we're back on the Enterprise and Turel Etek is actually a ritual where Vulcans mm. scare themselves. We yes. actually find out that there is a, a practice for p- get the heart pumping. Um, but she plans to recommend the movie to all Vulcans who are first timers to Earth. Um, isn't that also the... The, the proper definition of Frankenstein, like the Frankenstein's monster is, he is the protagonist. He is the one we're supposed to identify with. Yet Trip doesn't seem to realise this. No. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think he likes books. I, I actually don't think he's read the book. No. And there were other times, like when he was making Reed feel bad for reading Ulysses in um, Shuttlepod <laughs> 1. There's quite a few times now I think about it, I don't think he reads books. I don't think he can read. No. I don't think he does. I think he does it by the symbols and all the pictures. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna shame him for being no, illiterate, no. but I'm, I'm, he's not coming forward with something. I think there's something going on there, and he needs to speak to someone about it. Um, but just, yeah, any, any thoughts on um, to Paul twisting their arm, maybe pulling their legs a bit? Yeah, I, I, I mean, again, it's quite believable in a way, you know, because I think. To some degree, the problem between humans and Vulcans is a, a problem of understanding. Yeah. We don't they don't understand each other, do they? No. You know, the Vulcans just don't get humans at all. And really humans <laughs> don't really get Vulcans, I don't think. So actually yeah. maybe, you know, maybe she's being serious and maybe it's you know, it's a bit like I I don't know, I I guess when like they have um people go to foreign countries to, to work in embassies and stuff. I guess mm. it must be sort of like a sort of orientation training and stuff and, you know, sort of yeah. culture, understanding the culture and stuff. And that sort of makes sense to me in a way. Yeah. And that this would now be part of the 101, you know, yeah. read their read their fiction and yeah. you understand who they are. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I like that. That's a, it's a very believable thing, mm. I think. And maybe all B-movies need to be that. Yes. Maybe uh, there's uh, Vulcan B-movie night is uh, <laughs> their way of understanding humans. Yeah. Um, now, uh, speaking of something, the volcanic eruption happens yes. as well. Uh, was there anything else you wanted well, to say? Well, I'm just going to say, actually, um, what movie would you show the Vulcans? Ooh, ooh, good question. I don't know. I mean, this is a pretty good one because it does it does highlight the fact that people mistrust yeah. the unknown. Yeah. Um, and there is a lot of B movies that do the exact same thing. Uh, oh, I honestly can't think. Do you have something in mind? No, I don't really. It just suddenly popped into my head. But I mean, maybe like, depends where they were based. If they were based in America, yeah. maybe I'd show them Fargo. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Just so that, that when they land in California, uh-huh. and it's all sort of, you know, all sort of um, bright lights and, you know, and sort of sophistication. Mm. Fargo gives you this, you know, what what really goes on in America, you know, sort of weirdness <laughs> of America. You know, something like that. Yeah. So maybe some sort of Ooh. film like that, you know, that sort of shows yeah. that. I don't know. Maybe like we should, maybe you could show them sort of, um, what's the Pimlico film? Um where they find the gold and they, they just declare themselves an independent. Oh, it's one of the old Ealing comedies. Yes. Oh, that's a good pick. 
can't yeah. remember what it's called. Um, I can, yeah, Can for Life, I remember the name no. of it, but I know what, yeah. I know what you're Let's talking about. Find it. Um, but yeah, sort of like that sort of oddness of people. People are, you know, we're, we're a funny bunch, basically. I wonder if a musical would be a, a good approach because mm. there, there are lots of sort of uh, misguided musicals, you know, ones that are about uh, division. Yep. You know, you've got your, you've got your West Side stories, so you could do, deal with that sort of thing as well. Ah. Passport to yes. Pimlico. Passport to Pimlico. Yes. Yeah. That would be a good one. Yeah. yeah. But then do you need a movie that's made by each one? So, you know, to understand mm. Indian culture, yeah. here, here's a Bollywood movie, you know, it, it, take an old 50s uh, British movie to understand the Brits, you know, the French cinema, yeah. just, just, you pick Maybe, something yeah. from that. Yeah. Um, but you'd have to have one for every culture, yes. but from their own storytelling yeah. point of view. Um, mm, I would say probably maybe um tv shows okay. rather yeah. than movies something that could delve in a little bit longer um maybe maybe a soap opera something okay. just because then you've got it covers all the bases yeah. it does everything from there um and anything that could potentially happen to a human yeah. as well mm. that's a yeah that's a tricky one mm. let's throw it over to the audience yes, indeed, if you're listening yeah. Yeah. Get in touch. What would you play to a Vulcan so that they understand humanity just a little bit better? And don't say Star Trek because that's easy. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, there's a volcanic eruption yes. and the Enterprise has to move off. And turns out that actually there's bioscience. There's some living creatures being thrown up by the volcano and it's alive, DePaul says, so by quoting the yes. movie. I was wondering if they were going to start bringing that in, that she was going to start using all these references, pop culture references, oh, cool. now even... Even all the other humans don't understand because now she is a movie buff and she will then watch all the movies. And even Trip is falling behind in all the things she comes up with. Um, yeah, that'd be great, so, wouldn't it? What a, yeah, that would have been great. Just just yeah. to make that mean something, yeah. you know, just because it was quite a fun thing for her to do. But the bioscience just get buried away. That There's a whole plot there that never gets resolved. Yeah. We don't find out what happened. That Those bioscience are a Travis species. Because they get mansion once, they get thrown up into the atmosphere, <laughs> and they're they're bioscience that live inside a volcano. I found that fans, a fascinating idea, and never mentioned yep. again. So they get Travis in the Travis episode. It's, it's immense to to think a whole civilization gets ignored uh, because Travis got his limelight. Uh, <laughs> back on the horizon, Paul offers up the cargo. They're under attack. But it's not going to work. Of course, it's going to turn into a fight. We need some shooty, shooty, pew pews. Yep. Uh, so Travis's upgrades get brought online and he saves the day because of the Maserite ships. He knew how to handle them. And it, it, it's believable that he did that. Or do you feel like, hang on a minute, why doesn't everybody in the freighter fleet just do this automatically? No, I think it's believable. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, they, these guys are going on a route, basically backwards and forwards. You know, they're mm. not meeting loads of new species is not what their their experience is in fact i don't think that's what the experience of space is for most people until enterprise really enterprise is the first ship doing that so i think yeah. it's very believable that they would have learned stuff that that other you know the sort of run-of-the-mill guys wouldn't have known sure yeah i, I wondered if maybe the communiques the you know the the missions of the enterprise had been passed around and then some bright spark on a J class thought, Oh, we could uh, reroute that and that increase our yield. And, you know, that's something they've always done. Yeah. I mean, I think that's um, true. I think that would happen. Yeah. Definitely. I think, you know, maybe Starfleet would issue sort of, you know, updates and, you know, sort of that mm. sort of thing or, or sort of guide, you know, best practice or something like that maybe, but yeah, but equally, I think it's quite believable. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and with that, it's over. There's there's no resolution to the family crisis. <laughs> no. Paul does shake his hand, yep. but it doesn't feel like they've resolved anything. No, it's much better, but it's still a little bit frosty, isn't it? It's, I mean, a yeah. hug would have been what I would have gone for. Yeah, just... I mean, which would have been good if we knew we were coming back to Horizon in a few episodes' time, or it was going to get brought up again or enterprise had got the full seven seasons it was supposed to and we would come back in four years time um i think because we spent six minutes at the beginning of the episode 
we missed out on getting a good ending yeah. to this. I feel like everything in the middle made a lot of mm. sense and it was very enjoyable to watch yeah. and it was great character moments. But the beginning and the end just lets this episode down a bit for me. And I was just wondering, because it just ends with Travis not mentioning anything. <laughs> like he doesn't even tell Archer <laughs> the story of what happened on the... The one thing he's good at is yeah. telling stories about what happened on the horizon and he doesn't tell him the story. Um, do, do you feel like we missed out on something? Um I suppose we did, yes. But equally, I suppose, you know, in a way, if he'd told Archer the story, then we would have heard the story again. From the <laughs> yeah, episode, you know, so it sort of wouldn't, you know, maybe that's, you know, more than a more than a real sort of what would have happened. It's more like a sort of, you know, we're not going to tell the story again in 10 seconds. There's no point. Yeah. <laughs> but it's very Travis, isn't it? You know. Yeah. Yeah that he, he had the whole adventure no one will ever find yeah, out about absolutely. it um not even uh reed when he uh volunteers him to try and get that beacon taken off yeah and uh i'm, pr I'm pretty sure reed's response would be not bloody likely do you know what happened to me last time <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna send that uh the british guy the actual the popular one that's on the the b shift that we talked about back in minefield he's gonna send him to go and disarm it because you know if he gets him out of the way he's the popular british one on on the site now um, and they say, there to, they we say go. to Travis, what happened there then? He says, oh, don't worry about it. Just, you know, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Just could you get rid of it for us? Nothing, nothing, yeah. really, nothing happened. It's fine. It's fine. We dealt with it. Yeah. We dealt with the problem. It's done. We don't talk about it yeah. anymore. <laughs> Uh, and that's the end of the episode. We have reached the horizon, uh, a very shady horizon for whoever you are, whether you're Charlie, yeah. whether you're TNG uh, or Paul, if you're talking about red shirt girl. Uh, so lots of shade, but all horizon. Um, and that's it. We've ended the episode. So with the episode just finishing, um, before we move on to the last part of our criteria and our ratings, any other thoughts on the episode Horizon? Um, yes, but I'm going to save them. Ah, okay. Then. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> nice. Short and sweet. Nice. Uh, right. Uh, as the rec regular listeners know, um, from locating the point in time, we have several other criteria as well to go through in our episodes. Uh, and these are our ratings. And it's cars part of L cars, but there's lots of other C's and A's and R's and things that we've added over time. A C is nice and simple. It is for uh, continuity and consequences. Your analogy is very colorful, Captain, but I question whether it addresses the consequences. Consequences, 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 consequences. The concept of learning from one's mistakes shouldn't be difficult for a Vulcan of your wisdom to understand, Ambassador. I don't wish to contradict Captain Archer. But learning from one's mistakes is hardly exclusive to humans. Now, consequences really is what happens. I've left a pause there for the uh, jingle. Hopefully, uh, future Dan has remembered we actually do have a consequences jingle now. <laughs> it's been six weeks, people. It's been six weeks. Um, <laughs> but consequences is what we tend to do when we're in normal time. When we're time traveling, we do continuity. Uh, so consequences from this episode. Is there anything you can see that gets set up that maybe pays off and we don't even realize you know in in the time of tng and ds9 is there something that happens here that is explained by horizon happening is it such a an amazing episode that it explains everything we ever wanted to know about the cargo authority no, no it really doesn't it's it's really inconsequential i was i was thinking and thinking and i just couldn't think of something that matters from this no I mentioned it earlier, we already had an episode like this, Fortunate Son, and that already dealt with the idea of piracy and cargo and securing your belongings and making sure that, you know, uh, all of this trade is protected in some way. But it's been a year and clearly no one's learned any lessons. So I can't think of anything. No. <laughs> Which, of course, is apt, isn't it? Yeah. It's apt for the, for the Travis episode. I mean, there should be no consequences, <laughs> should there? Yeah, it should be an, uh, an episode that is interesting. You know, we get some character moments. We find out lots about Travis and his family and we find out different things about the horizon. But ultimately, doesn't really mean anything. Just gets lost in the noise. Yep. Uh, just like that that bio sign that get lost on the uh, on the volcano planet. 
So after consequences, we go to alterations. Now, alterations actually is alterations and expansions. So if you were spelling out Elkars, it's A-E, but that weird A with the E that sort <laughs> yes. of hits onto the side. I don't know what that is actually called. I'm, yes. not, uh, I'm not an expert on that. But uh, so, yeah, alterations, expansions. Is there anything that in this episode we were like, oh, I'd like to come back to that or something the episode needs changing to just bring it up just a little bit? I'm going to say no, because actually I really quite enjoyed it. I mean, it would have been lovely to go back. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Maybe that, that oh, we saw you four years ago and we see you in four years. Maybe that was a little thing they put in, expecting mm-hmm. an episode in season six or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I think it was... I think it was a pretty decent episode. I, I'm really surprised I feel like this, actually. Yeah. in my mind, it was like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not going to make any alterations to it. I think you're mm. right. Maybe you could have condensed the beginning bit a little bit and had a bit more time. But then, you know, what would you have got out of that? Maybe a little bit more sort of character development, a little bit more of a feel of the ship. Because I think that's the only thing we didn't really get. We got a yeah. little bit of that. But, you know, we could have maybe sort of toured the ship a little bit more. That might have been quite nice to get an idea yeah. of what life is like on a on a freighter. Because really, I mean, what we see is a, a cargo bay, a, um, the mess, mm-hmm. a, a set of, um, uh, what's it called, a, 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 um, the room, his room, well, I can't think of the right word for that, and the bridge, which is what we see on, on starships, basically. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, maybe it'd be nice to expand that out a little bit. And they they felt like redressed sets of Enterprise. Did. It didn't feel like it was his own ship yeah. to be remodeled in some way. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just, oh, yeah, that's an Enterprise door, but with a different sign yeah. on it. And it, it didn't feel like it was its own thing. Yeah. Um, it had believable quirks like Charlie with his bad piloting and all this kind of stuff. But ultimately, yeah, other than a guy having a little welding set, um it didn't it didn't feel any different to the enterprise at all um yeah and it just it it missed a bit of oomph for me i just wanted a a a moment where it was a real throwdown between paul and travis not necessarily fisticuffs but something that really resonates with two brothers who are clearly getting over the trauma of their father and there's all their pent-up um hang-ups from being brothers and being raised in a family um i never had a brother i had a sister but we have quite a contentious upbringing when we were were growing up um and you know and now we're adults we kind of get over that but there is always that that deep-seated thing that's always there and there's the resentments about things and christmas it always comes up or this already happens and there's always a bit of drama i just think i wanted more of the family Mm. drama Mm. it was a bit too sweet it was a bit too sentimental yeah and i just wanted it a bit more grittier a bit darker perhaps um more of the fact of you weren't there for dad you know you abandoned us i feel like that could have been a bit more of a knife that Mm, paul could have driven in to really hammer home how resentful he is of travis um but it was very surface um uh, yeah it does feel like this episode was a setup for something we just never got in the future um and i wonder if the the writers did that intentionally because they wanted to big up Travis and they wanted to actually come back to him or was there enough fan outcries like a minute season one we didn't learn anything about Travis mm. can we have more Travis please and this was their reaction they just sort of threw an episode in I'll oh, just 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 give them an episode they'll shut up and then we'll carry on and they were they had no intention of coming back to Horizon mm. I feel like it was just either war yeah. there, there was no sort of middle ground that we'll see if this sticks and then we'll go with it it was just a either shut up the fans or <laughs> this is something we're clearly setting up for the future um yeah and expansions i want to know the story of archer not going into the car- the yes. cargo authority whether it's a book whether it's an episode short trek you name it what is the short trek of it i don't know um <laughs> that could be fun and what happened to the life forms yes. from the volcano planet yes, are they now are there now volcanic aliens out there that can i don't know summon volcano i don't know something fun um yeah and movie nights uh you know mm. uh, maybe maybe a cut post credits you know uh, in the marvel era where we get a post credit have saval pressing play on his little data pad and he's watching frankenstein it's like what the hell is this <laughs> perfect 
why is there no color on my screen is it is it broken and he actually like dissects the pad before actually watching the the movie or something like that um there confuddled survival that's all i want um so that is alterations and expansions unless you've got anything else you might want to do no not really i mean i guess the only thing is that it would have been interesting to have gone back to not necessarily the horizon but more of the sort of the other stuff that's going on in in the galaxy or the universe or whatever um Mm. you know that that period in time yeah that might have been interesting just have a little bit more of that sort of stuff the sort of civilian space travel yeah i wondered should we have had a small away team that got left behind on Mm. there so it wasn't just travis but they were actually there to take starfleet upgrades and actually paul loses it not just at travis yeah. but he spills over to the away team and it's like you know get your hands off my ship it's my ship it's my dad's ship you don't touch it maybe that could have added more to the drama in that actually he's that resentful of all the new stuff coming in mm. uh, and it might have then tied in and you know i like to tie the things in like have my a plot and my b plot come together but have to poll be the final word with paul talking about trying new things. I saw this new perspective on life oh, yeah, okay. by watching a movie, yeah. something as simple as watching a movie. And you could have a new perspective on life by welcoming in new technology, new change. Um, you could see more of the world and still be a cargo hauler. You know, you don't have to give up your life and, you know, feel like you're missing out on anything. You can actually have the best of both. Yep. Um, I feel like that is maybe a message that could have been brought into it, maybe. Um, but again, we were played for time. Do you feel like uh, this is something else we did with other episodes? Is it a two-parter, really? Actually, could they have padded it out a bit more? And if we'd spent maybe two weeks with Horizon and Enterprise did something with this planet and that life form became a thing as well, um, maybe have the Horizon save the Enterprise Yeah, and show that there are there's a value to the cargo containers. Yeah, that would have been nice. I think you're right. Yeah, two-parter easily. Because mm-hmm. then we could have had bigger arguments yes. fleshed out over two weeks you know they've been out there for ages they haven't seen the enterprise and now they're sort of catching up with them and all this sort of stuff i wonder yeah maybe there is something they could have done more with this uh right from that we go into the r's the uh recommendations r's the pirate part of our uh, rating system movies. what did you think of the story from my perspective that's one way of looking at it. I'm going to recommend it. Uh, the recommendations for Star Trek fans and to non-Star Trek fans. So for Star Trek fans, is it a good example of Star Trek? I think it is, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a pretty decent episode. Mm. Yeah. So I'm going to go, yes, which has been unusual lately for, um, yeah. certainly for, for Enterprise. But yeah, I'm yeah go, for season I'm two. Go, yes. Yeah. Mm. yeah it it delivers a character thing that we haven't really seen for quite some time mm. i mean when this first came out ds9 was pretty good at doing these kind of episodes these standalone episodes where we spent 45 minutes with just the character very little actually happened uh the one that stands out for me is nog yes. you know just after he loses his leg yes. and he's in the holodeck and it's just about him recovering yep. and i really enjoy those episodes and this was another one mm. and oh, all right yeah i felt short change and i wanted more yep. but it was a nice change of pace we weren't just meeting a nazis in space episode uh, and trying to get the ship back as we seem to be doing a lot yeah. in season two um it was something different and yeah it does make for a nice star trek episode um to non-star trek fans though is it a good gateway drug is it your first take or is it something that comes later i don't know is the honest answer hmm. i think it could work yeah. I'm trying to think. I mean, you don't really need to know a lot because we don't know a lot about Travis full stop, even if you watched it all. So very true. It's not like you need to know loads of stuff about him. Mm-hmm. So I sort of think maybe it could be. I, w- I wouldn't say if like, it's almost like if if um, we'd had a, a, a global catastrophe and there's yeah. only a few left, only a few episodes <laughs> left. And this is one of, this is maybe the one I would, you know, if I had the whole canon, <laughs> then probably not. But it, it's not. Yeah, it could work. Does it fall prey to the Tyler principle, and is it unrealistic expectations for, for Travis? Maybe. Yeah, that's true. 
Yeah, maybe you would think he would be featured more than once an episode <laughs> if he's lucky. Maybe. Yeah. So maybe, yeah, maybe yeah. you're right. Maybe, yeah. That we're gonna we're gonna see this family come back. It's like, oh yeah, they come back in season four. Don't worry about it. They'll be back. Horizon. Oh yeah, these are, these are some some of the best episodes we've ever seen in Star Trek. Yeah, you don't hear those conversations. No. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it, it might be an unrealistic expectation. Mm. Um, to to new listeners, if this is your first episode in, the Tyler Principle is based on a group on uh, an episode that we did with Tyler from the Too Young for This Trek podcast and he has only seen the Travis based episodes of enterprise so far in their rewatch because they're doing it scattergun. There's, there's no chronology to it. It's basically um, Tyler picks an episode and he's never seen star Trek. And there are characters he's seen that have maybe a scene with Archer or one of the characters. And he thought that they were going to be something bigger later and they've never reappeared. So the Tyler principle is just, is it setting unrealistic expectations for a character's growth or arc? I suppose. Um, and yeah, I could see this episode <laughs> confusing new fans, I suppose. That's it. So uh, we're now in the S of L cars where we sell our podcasts that you know where we are and then set up for next time. So uh, let them know where you are, Dan. I am on Twitter. Academic mm-hmm. Trek 47. That's where yeah. you can find me. Mostly posting um, Trekle results <laughs> that seems to be my main uh, occupation at the moment um but yes i'm there so if you have any weird urge to discuss anything star trek with me then then feel free it brightens my day actually when i see that you've got it it's like oh yeah you did it again well done well done um so yeah uh, yes he is out there and of course uh, there is academic trek out there so do there check is. out dan's podcast yeah. so, you know don't let it go um new content will arrive at some point there is it no will do at some point yeah. uh, but as i always say there is no rush um uh yeah uh obviously i'm here temple trek you've got uh, the sister show which is the nexus nights and i'm on other podcasts but i've waffled on about those too many times anyway you've got the setup now uh, so join us next time season three episode 47 the magic number wow. the, the magic oh, yes. star trek number 47 uh, is it going to be a good episode is it going to save season two is this going to be the best one we don't know um but season three episode 47 of the podcast and season two episode 21 of enterprise and it's the breach um this is a flocks based episode where it's sort of um it alludes to maybe a war that the uh Denobulans had in the past ah, i think yes i if this is the one i think it is i really like this one save some people in the cave i think it might also yes. have something where travis has something to do again i yes. think doesn't he break his leg i think he does but he still has something to do he may be the victim but he still has something to do in this episode and we see it happen as well so there we yes. go so it actually happened <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's him canon. just it's not him reading a book in the sweet spot yeah. and making it up as his life um yeah, there was this time i went down the river and i met lots of different characters no that's huckleberry finn shut up travis <laughs> um anyway so join us next time for the breach and as always thank you so much for listening and we'll see you in the next time stream we certainly will and we're clear <laughs> I hope you've enjoyed the show. Please remember to like, subscribe and review wherever you listen to it. If you would like to be a guest in the future or give feedback, you can contact me by either searching for the Temple Trek Podcast Facebook page or find me on Twitter at Rider underscore Coattail. Also search the Temple Trek Podcast. You can also find me on Instagram at Daniel underscore Hitch underscore Writer. Scripted elements of the show a work of pure fan fiction and any views and opinions expressed in the episode discussions are my own or that of the guest they do not reflect the rights holders of star trek any star trek sound effects or music are used under the terms of fair use and are not my own work the intro music birthright by audio binger is royalty free from the free music archive check out their work and others at freemusicarchive.com the temple trek is a free podcast with no patreon or sponsorship however If you would like to support the show, you can find my books by searching Daniel Peter Hitch on Amazon. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you in the next time stream.